In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus, the Christ. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, the part of school that I often liked the best was the field trip part. Loved field trips. Men, a break in the schedule, something a little bit different than just going in and sitting at a desk and copying stuff off of the blackboard day after day. Sophia, who is not here this morning, she's not feeling particularly good, um, got to have a field trip to the Museum of Fine Arts to look at mummies. No daddies there. They did have mummies. And even Deb and I were invited by two very dear friends for our own little field trip on Tuesday, which we so enjoyed getting to hear Bach's Christmas oratorio, at least the first three movements. So if you didn't get to do a field trip recently, I would like to invite you on one this morning, at least a field trip in your minds. I'd like you to pack up light, if you can, and journey with me to the wilderness of Judea to the banks of the River Jordan, a physically small but spiritually large river, a physically dirty or at least not particularly clean but spiritually cleansing river. We're going to come down there outside all the main cities to stand there in the scrub brush by the banks of this Stream, as our hymn puts it, because honestly, in certain places, the Jordan isn't all that big. And we're going to hear a voice as we get closer to that stream. Somebody preaching. No sound system. No karaoke. No PAs. Just proclaiming as loud as they can the top of their voice. And not wearing nice white robes or a stole or a crucifix but dressed rather in camel's hair. Can't imagine that's particularly comfortable. Wearing a leather belt around his waist and not eating at all the nice fine restaurants that we like to go to at Christmas time, but picking up locusts off the ground, eating them with wild honey. No canned, no processed food, no Christmas cake, no Christmas cookies, just whatever he could find out there in nature that God would provide. And the first words you hear from this man are pretty simple, pretty straightforward. It's not Rabbi so-and-so once said this, but then Rabbi so-and-so said the other thing. It's not a bunch of unending quotations from authorities from the Jewish faith. But it's a very direct, very straightforward call. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Not coming, not a long time down the road, but here, right now, and therefore you need to change. While you're standing there, you see the crowds coming. From the other side of the river, from behind you, all around you, all these people coming. From the capital city, Jerusalem, maybe from Jericho down the road, maybe people who've come from as far away as Galilee, that beautiful sort of resort, idyllic community up to the north, all of them coming down to hear this man preach. 
And not just ordinary crowds, but you see mixed in there among them as you look around, the religious leaders, the guys with the fancy hats, the long robes, the straight stature, the ones who have that look on their face that just screams sermon, going to preach to you. They are coming. You're not sure why. Maybe because they too want to repent. Maybe because they want to conduct a theological interview with this John. Are you with me? Do you have this picture in your mind? Do you see the crowds? Can you smell the sand, the dust? Can you see or at least hear the splashing of the water? And this crazy, crazy guy dressed in camel hair and a leather belt eating locusts and wild honey. Well, if you're there, I have a follow-up question for you. Who are you down there by the Jordan? Are you identifying with the crowds? Maybe you just assume that, well, yeah, obviously, Pastor, if I'm on a field trip, that's who I'm one of. One of this mass of people that have all gathered there by the Jordan River to hear this crazy guy preach. Well, if you're there in the crowds, you're not alone, because according to Matthew, Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. And like any crowd, I'm sure there were a bunch of people there with all sorts of different reasons. I'm sure you had your curious onlookers. Hey, there's this crazy guy preaching down by the river. We ought to go check it out. Let's go see. Maybe you've been dragged there by a spouse or children or parents. You are going to come whether you like it or not. If you love me, you're going to go and listen to John the Baptizer. Or maybe you're just broken. You're lost. You've tried everything. Maybe even the Roman religions. Maybe you've even snuck into one of the worship ceremonies the Roman soldiers have had. You've tried to engage in the myth of Mithras. You've gone to synagogue, been bored to death by the rabbis week in, week out. You've tried praying on your own, no answer. Surely it can't hurt to go and listen to John. Maybe he'll have something to offer. Are you in the crowd? Are you one of these people? Who are you down there by the Jordan? Maybe, and maybe you don't want to, but maybe you are one of the religious leaders. Many of the Pharisees and Sadducees were coming to his baptism, Matthew records. Two groups diametrically opposed to each other. That had to have been fun to watch. It's kind of like watching a bunch of Democrats and Republicans try and get together and have a good time. Hopefully they each came to John from different sides of the Jordan just to keep the peace. The Pharisees, of course, waiting anxiously for a true Messiah who would come and redeem Israel, and the Sadducees hoping desperately that there wouldn't be one. Because they wanted the status quo and they wanted things to stay the same. Maybe we're one of them. Because even amongst them it was a mixed bag. 
I'm sure there were the people that were going down there absolutely convinced that John was not anything new and simply needed to be contained or maybe even stopped. And I'm just as sure that there were other Pharisees who were going down there hoping desperately in their hearts that this was, if not the Messiah, then the Elijah who was promised. And I'm sure there was everything in between. The people that were going because the boss was going too. And what are you going to do? The boss is at the Christmas party. You better be there as well. And all sorts of others. But maybe you're none of those people. Maybe you don't really identify with the crowds or with the religious leaders. Maybe you recognize that we are John. How can that be, Pastor? Well, in many ways, that is who the church is. The church is the natural successor to John the baptizer. There he is wearing a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, eating locusts and wild honey, preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How is that us? Well, John was down there preaching also to himself. That's the wonder of John the baptizer. That he wasn't down there by the river claiming that somehow he was something special. Or that somehow he was over and above everyone else. He had no purple garments. He had no crown. He had no beautiful palace that he could retreat to at the end of the day. All of which, by the way, Jesus is going to cover next week. Foreshadowing, sneak preview of next week's gospel. No, he is just an ordinary man who has thrown everything he has on God. To provide for him physically and to provide for him spiritually professor that I was reading this week asked the question that maybe none of you have thought of. Who baptized John? Surely John, also being a baptizer, was a baptized one. Did he baptize himself? And how sad would that be? Even preachers need to listen to preaching sometimes. Even pastors need to be pastored too on occasion. Surely someone was there To look John in the eye and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And if there wasn't, then it had to be John. He had to do it for himself. You might not have thought about that. That when John was saying repent, he was also directing that at his own heart. But surely he was, because we know that just a few verses after our gospel... Matthew records that Jesus himself came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him, and John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? John had John's baptism, but he was also waiting for Christ's baptism, that baptism that would not just announce the coming One who was coming to take away sin, but would actually give the Holy Spirit and cleanse and make him new and give him, as we heard in Bible study this morning, the white robe that would cover all of his iniquities. John, too, was waiting for Jesus. 
to come and save him. And so we, the church, brothers and sisters in Christ, as we stand here by the river, we're not just part of the crowd. We're not even part of the religious leaders, although sometimes the world outside thinks of us that way. We are John. Not always in fancy dress. Not always with the best food. Not always at the cleanest river and not always in the best location. And not always with the most eloquent, elaborate sermon. But sometimes just dressed in camel's hair, with a leather belt, eating simple food, in a simple place, with simple water, and a simple sermon. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we say these things to the world because it's good news. I know it doesn't seem like good news. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It doesn't seem like good news to have all this business of winnowing forks and stuff being cut down and chaff being thrown into the fire. Sounds, frankly, pretty horrible. But all these things need to happen for there to be harvest. And we all want a harvest. Repentance requires change. The word means metanoia. It means a change of heart, of mind. It means to turn around and go in the other direction. It means, as one pastor I once heard preach said of a GPS, it means recalculate your path. Find a new one. And it's good news to say that to the world because to urge people to repent, to tell them that they must change, implies that they can. That there is still hope. That there is still a possibility to move from bad to good, to go from good to better and best, to go from a world that is steeped in sin and brokenness and death and come into a world that is new and better and alive and free of sin and surrounded by Christ. If we could not change, what would be the point? What would be the point of encouraging people to repent at all? Repentance implies change, and change sometimes is not only good, but it is needed. Can you imagine how we ever would have created, as Christians, a 12-step program for addicts if change was not possible? Why would we have ever, as Christians, founded hospitals if we believed that health was wired into your body, and if you were sick, that's the way it was meant to be, and nothing could be different. As the Christian church, would we have ever tried to alleviate poverty if we felt like there was simply no point, that the world was locked into evil and locked into economic injustice and disparity and would never change? We as Christians proclaim Christ crucified for the sins of the world to the world because, like John the Baptist, we believe that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and there will be change. Sinners will be forgiven. The sick will be healed. Those in poverty will find joy. Those who are alone will find community. And those who live in fear of the valley of the shadow of death 
will find instead a Christ at the end who will raise them to new life on the last day. So there we are by the Jordan with all these crowds, all coming for various purposes, all there for different reasons. Religious leaders baked in, all coming from different angles with their own burdens and their own joys and their own frustrations, their own agendas. Here they are at the Jordan. And here we are saying, repent. For the kingdom of heaven, it's here. Wherever there is water to give people new birth, wherever there is bread and wine that we might eat and drink the body and blood of Christ, wherever there is the scriptures that we might hear once more the promises that God has made to us, wherever these things are present, we are at the Jordan. And we are John the Baptist. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In the name of Jesus Christ.